Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. We also do an Into the Gap unfiltered podcast, and I'll have more details about that later in the episode. Welcome. Mm. This, well, this is Mike Sherrick, Into the Gap. This is week six, Bob, June 8th, 19, or 19, 2019, <laughs> 19, right. right? Yeah. So it's our sixth show, man. Yes. And, and this is Bob Ponerelli, my partner, my co-host. Yes. Say something about yourself and what you do for a living. Uh, I'm Mike Sherrick. I'm a coach. Okay. And, and, and I work with, you know what I do? I, I work with construction companies. I work with uh, manufacturing companies. And I work with some logistic companies in uh, really having them uh, utilize their people in such a way that they generate breakthrough results. That's what I do. Okay, cool. But, and I do it through coaching. Okay, very yeah. good. Yeah. I have an architectural services company. I know that. I tell people we uh, help them realize their dreams in three dimensions. Fantastic. Yeah, through art, craft, and really just making things beautiful. You know, first time you said it, I was so, realize your dream in three dimensions. That's really pretty cool because oftentimes we live in our heads, right? And the stuff you do- All day long. All day long, right? <laughs> and the stuff you do is not in our heads. And that's kind of what we're going to be no. talking about today. The difference between reality and perception right? and how sometimes we have a hard time- uh, you know, understanding which one we're in at the time. So, uh-huh. yeah, Absolutely. which would make, kind of explain why everything's kind of the way it is. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the way it is, you know, we got this cool thing we do, but why don't you, uh, you got some introductions that you want to make uh, or some stuff you want to say. So. I do. So yeah. look, the, 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 what the show is really about is leadership, lifelong learning and critical thinking. Yeah. Through a male perspective, right? So, but we're, but, but the purpose of that, really behind that, is intersexual dialogue. We're really interested in reigniting the conversation for men as leaders and entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. small business people, as parent providers, and then partnering with women. Meaning, we're out to dissolve. The conflict that, yeah. that occurs for us, that was yeah, the purpose for the show. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of the construct that's out there in the world. And what are you saying today's show's about, man? This is really cool. Well, today's show is, first of all, it's dedicated to D-Day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because D-Day is, and why is D-Day, it's the 75th anniversary uh, this past week on the 6th, for those of you who may not be in that close to that generation or younger person. And really, it was about people from our perspective, it was about people getting outside of everything they could possibly be comfortable with in any way, shape, or form and put themselves in the worst possible situation that anybody would want to be in, all through them being committed to something that was way bigger than they were, or at the time, you know. You know, that's one of the things we we talked about. I I know in uh, General Eisenhower, you know, because... I've read about General Eisenhower, and one of the things he knew that mm-hmm. there was going to be a body count, like he knew substantial, and he, you know, put these men in harm in harm, harm's way. Yeah, and he knew, and he knew it, and he like he actually made that choice, knowing what the result was going to be. And when we talked about you know a couple of weeks ago about being given being and some being given being in action by something greater than you, right? I mean, that is like the most extreme example of it. Right. Yes, and actually, I appreciate you doing that because I think that it would be great for us on every show to like talk about where we came from last week, right. where we are now, yeah. where we're going to go next week. Yeah. And so last week was about being given. No, being, last week was about integrity. Oh, last week was about we integrity. Week before, two, two weekends before. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
But yeah, but it's it's really about and, and, and what do we mean by that? It's just our purpose. And then, then we our cause and a matter, which right. is get on the boat. Yeah. Not go to a cuddle room. Right. <laughs> not take Xanax. Yes. Like get on the boat. Necessarily right? anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then integrity is doing what you say you're gonna do, like actually get into action and go right. for it. Right. And if and you know, that that level of operating status mm-hmm. just it seems like it's foreign now. Right. You know? But anyway. And, and another thing to point out about the invasion is is that at 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 the level of collective organization, let's say. Oh my god, yeah. The mobilization, the unbelievable management of the entire affair, yeah. you know, was largely the result of not so much a reaction to the war, but a response to the war, yeah. where response is the root word of responsibility. Exactly. So what drove these guys, and, and many, and, and women too, obviously, mm-hmm. but the guys that actually did the large bloodletting of the, you know, yeah. the whole operation were men, you know, they they were driven by a sense of responsibility, mm-hmm. like I'm being responsible for the country I came from, from my sovereign nation. You know, you know? It, it's interesting too. Most of the guys that were, you know, on the boats in D-Day were men, of course. Yep. But, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I was reading something this week about all the women that worked in the factories in Detroit and Cleveland and Akron, Ohio and Chicago and Wisconsin. Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. They were making all the stuff that was being used. So yeah. this, was, this was a collective activity. Yeah. the whole nation and everybody had their role to play. Right. So it was men, it was women and, and children. It was everybody. Right. It was a huge sacrifice. And a sacrifice for what? For our freedom and our ability to live the lives that we have now. Yes. And I you think know? where a lot of people go into yeah. the cynical route yeah. Yeah. In, 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 the, in the world, like in daily life, is that we, we have this irony in ourselves like, oh, yeah, you know, people were actually able to work collectively because yeah. it was a war. But if you get them to work collectively for just about anything else... They're going to go back to comfort and convenience as we well, talk about. Well, it seems about, like we know? always need we always need some opposition to go against to, to right. actually get engaged. But right. so that's that's kind of the framework what the show is. We're also going to look through the the framework of being cause in the matter, which is not not being cause in the matter of the occurring world, which is the first law of performance. And this is a great book, one of my favorite books right. of all time, it, Three Laws of Performance. Right, and a book by uh, Steve Zaffron, Steve Zaffron and, Dave and Dave Logan. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and we're going to look at like. In the first law of performance is performance, a person's performance correlates directly with how a situation occurs. And we're actually going to start right. looking at how things occur for folks. Yep. You know? And uh, so. And then, mm-hmm. before we do that, yeah. we're going to go to documentation of existing conditions. One thing before is... we get into that, okay? Okay. I want to let everybody know that in a fourth segment today, we're going to take some phone calls and really like to engage with everyone and the phone number is 877-711-5611 and we'll give it to you later but awesome. but yeah we really invite you to, to join in and be part of the show today as we're starting to expand our wings a little bit and get a bit, little handle on how this how's the, we're really cu- curious how this show is occurring for you guys so that we can make the adjustments we need to make if, if there are any but yeah. back to my favorite part maybe not of the show but it's, and you didn't let me do it you're going to spring this stuff on me, so. <laughs> exactly so yeah yeah the so, documentation so- of it existing conditions but i'm bum right and and uh you know look i just go through or and i pick wacky out news stories yeah, yeah. I, well not necessarily you know wacky but also you know disturbing and you know wake up call stuff so yeah i'm gonna bullet bullet through them yeah and then i'm gonna let you kind of right. say okay what you know which one would you like me to extrapolate on because i have 10 of them and we don't oh have God. time for 10 no one is you know the huge problem in uh, los angeles with homelessness Homosis. Homelessness. Homelessness, yes. Yes. Yeah. Second one is- uh, California, uh, San Francisco, Oakland, all over. Yeah. yeah, where people are just- San Diego. Just doing things on the street that they would normally 
use a reserve for their for. bathrooms, right? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the next one is uh, a woman, a young lady, was euthanized in Amsterdam for depression. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Uh, Brad Pitt orders straight parade people to stop using him as a poster child for the parade. Really? So apparently, yeah. So apparently, Brad Pitt is, you know, straight guys. Yeah. They want. They figured, who's who's the most straight guy? We, you yeah, know, blonde like a, haired, blue eyed. Well, and not only that, you know, Brad Pitt's yeah. a pretty straight shooter. You know, right? Like when you see Brad Pitt. When I see Brad Pitt, I think actor with no agenda. Uh yeah, I agree with that. Kind, I mean, kind, from my experience, kind of like the opposite of George Clooney. I, oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Or Alec Baldwin. Or oh my God, Alec <laughs> who's Baldwin. Made, who's made like a, a living out of the <laughs> yeah, whole the, thing. The whole yeah. Trump thing. Yeah. 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 It's uh, actually kind of funny. Then there's a, I think this is the one you sent me, yeah. which is NBA teams oh, moving yeah. away from the term owner. This is my favorite now, one. If you, you know, I, I think I talked, we talked about yeah. this early in the week. That would be like me, you know, uh, hey daddy, can I go get a guinea pig? And I'm like- <laughs> Did you say Guinea? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Without uh, olive oil charm connected to it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> olive oil. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 what I so love about this is uh, Draymond Green, who's a star player in the NBA, right? Yeah. He brought it up and he was referring to the racial insensitivity of the term owner. Yeah. Given that I think about 90% of the population in the NBA, maybe it's a little less than that because there are a lot of European guys. Yeah. But probably 85, 90% of the players in the NBA are black guys, right? Yeah. And, but Draymond Green makes 22 million a year. Yeah. Dude, come on. Yeah. He's come a, on. It doesn't seem like he's, uh, he's, he's not economically oppressed. No, he's definitely not economically oppressed. Yeah. So, so yeah. Here's and another he's one. got other options available to him. When you're knocking down, you know, a, a contract, guaranteed contract at 110 mil, you know, life is going to be okay. And not so know? bad. Yeah. Uh, so Draymond, here's quit whining. One. Yeah. This is uh, pedophilia is natural and normal. Oh my God. Uh, Navy Admiral under an investigation for offering free hugs, twister games, and a margarita machine in his <laughs> office. <clears throat> Spike Lee wants out of Georgia because yeah. of the abortion issue. Right. Um, the uh, straight parade that's kind of like on the exotic side, that one. And then there's the uh, Gillette uh, people are now, uh, they're saying, are you man enough to dress in drag? Well, Are you man enough? So just to, so you know, to go in drag. Gillette has achieved status equal to like United Airlines and Nike as to a company that I will no longer do business with. So today we're we're I mean the whole show is dedicated to the to the men and women who who you know supported us or served in uh, D Day. But mm -hmm. what we're really looking at is the first law of performance, and the first law of performance it comes from Steve Zaffron, Dave Logan's book, The Three Laws of Performances. Performance correlates to how situations occur to people. So, you know, you say that, and you're like, what the hell does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know? But what it's really about is we all have, whenever we engage in anything, we all bring with us our experiences, our past, our beliefs, yep. our likes, our dislikes, yep. our flavors, mm -hmm. you know, the, you know our, our, the lens we see the world through. And we think we see the world objectively, and no, no, none of us do. We all have biases. I love in the... the the Broadway play Avenue Q. Do you ever see it? No. It's hilarious. Anyway, it's one of some Tony's. It's, it's a comedy. But there's a song in there that says, hey, we're all a little bit racist, right? Yep. And I don't know if we're all a little bit racist, but we're all a little bit biased about something. And so- Absolutely. The thing is, the first law of performance is to, is to understand that how people are operating 
is directly a result of how the world occurs to them. Yes. And if there's a problem in performance, the thing is not to put them on a performance review right away. Yes. The problem is to get in there and understand what the hell's going on. Yes. Right? And the example in the book is very, actually, potentially anyway, racially uh, tense because you've got, in the example in the book, you've got mines in South oh, yeah, Africa yeah, yeah. and the mine owners. Yeah. And, are, yeah. you know. Well, that's the whole thing with, you know, they got the whole apartheid thing and the different right. minorities that come in. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and the, one of the chapters in the book was born out of a conversation between one of the miners yeah. and the owner of the company that decided to have a gathering. Yeah. And he said, look, you know, I just got to tell you, honestly, this is how we see you guys. Yeah. And, and, you know, the white mine owner was kind of shaken by that observation and yeah. it started a whole conversation. Well, and that's, that's really the thing, Bob, is like, you know, and we look in the world today, it, I mean, go on social media. I mean, this, this, this show is live on Facebook, right? Yep. And you don't have to go very far to notice how people are communicating from their occurring and making assertions, which is a statement not supported fully with evidence mm -hmm. right? yep. about how things are. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and then what happens is when someone makes an assertion, then I have, it hits me and then I make a judgment on their assertion. No real interest in how it's going on over there, mm -hmm. how they see the world over there. But then I re react to it. You were talking about respond and react. Yes. I react to it yep. in such a way that then creates opposition. Right. right. And, and that's a lot of what's going on today. It, it's what goes on. In the conversations around race, it's what goes on in the conversation mm -hmm. around gender. It's what goes on in the race, in, in the conversation around the financial discrepancy. Yes. And as a short trajectory there, yeah. the, this whole idea is that when we're reacting to something, yeah. we're not really creating anything. No, no. But if we're responding to something, and there is a reason that the word respond yeah. is the root of responsibility, when we're responding to something, we're, we're being thoughtfully engaged in mm -hmm. dealing with it at a totally different level than one where one would be reacting from. Well, the thing you're talking about, Bob, you know, when you're talking about responding, so someone says something instead of getting all offended, which right. has become <laughs> one of the largest, this, most exportable resources we have is our ability to be offended. We, uh, we, we have a, we have an offense currency. We do. Yeah. We, it's like, it's like we exchange offenses like other people exchange currency. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take three of your offenses and I'll give you two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Everybody gets so offended and gets their, their panties in a bunch so quickly. Right? right. And and what that really is, is what's behind being offended, right? You're being victimized. There's there's no cause in the matter. You're being done to. Right. right. So there's no power over there. Right. The only power is, you know, the ability to complain and whine and cry. Right. And then you're waiting for the cavalry to come in. Right. So you can see the occurring world of those that are offended a, take very little responsibility, and B, right. are now in a holding pattern right. waiting for someone to fix their problem Yep. or waiting for mommy to show up and take care of it, right? Right. And I don't know about you, I haven't seen the cavalry show up recently. No. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why we keep going in the same thing, this wash, rinse, recycle thing of yep. being offended, complaining, operating, right. bitching, moaning, all the stuff where we're, we're all blown apart. And what you're pointing to is what it takes to actually engage in with someone who we may not share initially an idea. Right. And, and again, just to repurpose, yeah. you know, to continually, as much as I feel I can anyway, mm -hmm. presence, the purpose of the show is, mm -hmm. is that we're looking to address this whole issue of the cavalry's not coming. Yeah. Each one of us 
has a responsibility to respond yeah. to these what we're documenting as existing conditions yeah. responsibly. Yeah. And and the thing oh. is, in, in lieu of the cavalry, we could have each other. Yeah. You know, we really could. Yes, we could. That's really yes, what this is about, is about building a community. It started out with an idea of building a community of men. Yep. But it's not inclusive to men. So that's really what's behind this thing is for us to really kind of get in each other's world, mm-hmm. start understanding, start asking questions, and getting really curious about what's going on over there. Okay. So yeah. say something about the default setting. Well, the default setting, like we just identified it. What it is, is someone says something, we don't like it, and I get offended. Okay. It's the automatic way we respond to things, react to things. Okay. And it's the default setting is used for one reason and one reason only to protect us. And so I would refer to that as our already always occurring self, that mm-hmm. automaticity. Yeah. In other words, that it's automatic way that we always are. We're always that way. Hey, Fred, how's it going? Good. Hey, hey, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. Good morning. How's it? How, how are you today? Fine. Yeah. You know, fine. That, the other four letter word. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. favorite F word. Fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the that's the automate that's the and, default and setting. That's the default in or, a way. Or, or the default there's another default setting yeah. I, I will assert mm-hmm. is that there's something wrong. Right? Right? Yeah. Like the second you hear something that you don't agree, up oh, something's wrong. Yeah. Right? Something's yeah. wrong. Trump's in office, something's wrong. Right. You, you get know? to the you get to Nancy the Nancy Pelosi's talking, something's wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. It's easy to go there. Yeah. And and again, the same thing, the the something wrong context. Because a default setting is a context, right? Yep. So the something wrong or the already always is just a way to step back and protect us and actually keep us away from engaging. And so what we're doing is we're just observing and making judgments and assessments on our observation and not getting any honest. Right. So how do we, how do we make this conversation let, cause it occurs to me, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. like the last Three minutes occur to me as it's pretty heady stuff. It's it's a little bit heady. It's it's but, and it's kind of dense. It's like what the heck are yeah. they, what are they talking about? Well, you just reach out to someone who's different. So I, I'll give you an example. So mm-hmm. it's Pride Month, right? Yeah. You know, and yeah. we're both straight white guys. Yeah. And I'm driving, and I'm going. You know, I, I got this guy who I know, mm-hmm. who I used to coach. Yeah. Who I absolutely love this guy, and he's a he's a young man. Yep. And he's he's gay. Yeah. You know, he's he's actually he he actually told me yesterday he's. Gender non-specific. Okay. I'm not quite sure what it means, but it, he's a guy that I, I love. You know, right, yeah. a person I love, I should say now. But, but we're talking, and, and, I, and I said, you know, and, and I'm not going to put his name out there because it's confidential, but, you know, we're, we're talking, and I'm telling you, know, hey, man, you know, how's it going? And he's young. You know, he's like 31 or 32. Yeah. And uh, we started talking. I said, you know, it's really funny. I mean, if people would look at you and me, they would think there are no two dudes in the world that are more unlike each other, Right. Correct. And he said the most amazing thing. He says, At a yeah, certain level. Yeah. He said the, the most amazing thing. He says, you know what? That's because they don't know us. He says, we are so alike, it's unbelievable. And here's and, and when we start putting labels on people, mm-hmm. we're actually building walls in between each other. Yep. And if the label maker was out, he and I would have these giant labels that we, we would be put on both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, it's like my little brother. So yeah. the default setting yeah. is our existing categorizations of people. Italians are like this. Well, they are. Guys are like this. They are. Most women are like that. They are. <laughs> that that's, but that's a default setting. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a default setting. You yeah. really don't know, like in Steve and Arcovis. There's an isness to something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't really know anybody unless you go up and talk to you them. You got to talk to them. Yeah. You and interact, with them. engage with them. Yeah. Which is different than talking to them. No, engaging it's, it's, with them. Well, that's why. Context. That, exactly. For another show. Yeah. 
Well, you know, our, our motto is courage over comfort, right? Yep. And so what's it take to engage with someone who you don't know? It's going to take a little bit of courage and it's going to take you giving up mm -hmm. your isness that they are a certain way. He is this, she is that, blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm -hmm. And go in there kind of vulnerable because vulnerability and courage are just flip side of the same coin. Yep. And curious. Right. And you know what? They might kick you in the nuts. So, so the default setting, and yeah. I'm going kind of, sure. I'm kind of going from the book really, from, yeah. from, from the uh, three laws of performance yeah. reading. Talk about the future, the default, the future default setting. In other words, the default future. What do they mean by default future? <laughs> that's, that's the whole, you know. That people have it in their head, like, yeah. here's how it's probably going to go so because it, of my, my personal setting. Exactly. So if you have everything worked out and you know how yep. everything's going to be, mm -hmm. and, and something is this, and something is this, and something is this, uh, then there's. You create, and you, we all operate in some form of a process. Yeah. So I have all these rigid mm -hmm. and known inputs. Yes. And we put it into the mechanism. Yeah. It's going to puke out something that's predictable. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. There's, so, there are certainties of, uh, of sorts. It's a kind of self-certainty. Like you have, I, you know, I know exactly how that's going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go over to my aunt's house and blah, 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 or something and, like and that. And what's really, what's really fascinating is we live in a world that is more uncertain, more complicated, more mm -hmm. volatile, more ambiguous than ever before, yet yep. we still operate like we have these certainties, right? And so when it doesn't happen, we're like, what's going on? We look for the guilty, mm -hmm. because, you know. Right. And, 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 and that's really what's happening is the things that we think are certain are not certain. They're, right. they're fallacies we tell ourselves right. be, so we can be comfortable. <laughs> and the best way to just go in and get curious, what are you laughing I'm about? I'm laughing about your story uh, on the flight to California when the uh, – when the um, uh, internet went down, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a panic. And yeah. The dude next to me, man, was losing, literally losing his water and having a meltdown because we didn't have internet on a plane. I'm like, dude, yeah. it's an airplane. Right. And we're flying like above the mountain. 30,000, 35,000 feet. <laughs> yeah. And in a steel tube. In a steel tube at 600 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're I'm freaking out that we're you gonna can't get, get from, internet We're going to get from California to Chicago in four hours, you know? Yeah. And- you know, give it a break, you know, like right. you'll be fine. You'll really be fine. Right. Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self-knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, please contact me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. There's a reason spiders and ants are called pests, and getting rid of them can get a little messy for the environment. Get the job done safely with Ecotech Pest Control. Following the principles of integrated pest management, Ecotech will ensure your home or business is free from all those unwanted visitors today and offer you solutions and advice to keep them from coming back tomorrow. Schedule your service appointment today at ecotechpestcontrol.com. Mention Into the Gap and get a 10% discount. Ecotech Pest Control, protecting our environment together. This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where we enter into the bowels of human ontological hell, rooting out the evil that too often seeks shelter in the nooks and crannies of your consciousness. 
Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Our latest episodes are also available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and our website, intothegapmedia.com. So, Mike, yeah. I want to pick up a little bit at the end of the last segment. Yeah. Uh, what is the reality illusion? The reality illusion. Yes, out of the book. So the reality, from my understanding, yeah. the reality illusion is is that we have a, an illusion, ultimately, of how things really are. Well, remember, remember when I talked about the lenses we view the world through? Yeah. Right? So think about a calliope, right? Yeah. You're looking through it, and it's like an acid trip on the other end of it, right? Oh, kaleidoscope. A kaleidoscope. Oh, okay. Kaleidoscope, right? And you're looking through it, and it's like an acid trip on the other side. Yeah. And it's reality. I wouldn't know what that would be like. We're going. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the 70s. <laughs> and I did the 70s really well. I got an A plus for doing the 70s. Um, so, so yeah. So, so through our, our um, lenses yeah. and our biases and our beliefs and all these things, right. we interact with people like how they're occurring to us is the truth. Right. Right. Like, so the reality Mm-hmm. That we make up in our heads, right? Is that so and so is a certain way? Yes, you know, or, or such and such a situation is a certain is a way. certain way. Yeah, yeah, and that it's likely going to go like this. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you one that's up in the air all the time. Yeah, global warming or climate change, right? Right. You got one half of the crowd is over here, and the other half of the crowd is over here, and yeah. they're they're making assertions, right? That this they both can't be right. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, and my guess is the truth, it, the reality is somewhere in the middle, but there's an illusion on both sides that it's a certain way. Yes. You know? And, oh, could we take him in, uh, in the fourth segment? That'll be fantastic. We got some people awesome. calling us, so that's great. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, so the reality illusion is basically a, a deeper, uh, distinction of how things are occurring. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's like, we're both looking at this mouse, but mm-hmm. you know, I, you're, you can see only one side of right. the mouse and I can see the other. So we really don't, we can't see the same thing at the same time together. Well, you were necessarily. Yeah. You went to architecture school and yeah. I was an engineer. Yeah. Did you guys do hidden, hidden line drawings? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So you look at this thing yeah. and you got to have a third view yes. to actually identify what it looks like. Otherwise Absolutely. you can make an error. So that's a part of engagement. So most of the time what's going on, people are making these assertions based on just what they see and through their own lens. That's all. Okay. So, so let me, I'm going to throw this at you. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's say you want to lose weight. Yeah. And you want to <laughs> lose weight and you, you want to use the, this law of performance mm-hmm. uh, called how people perform correlates to how situations occur for them. Right. Yeah. So, so there's the weight loss example. Now from the book that I understand it, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. There's a probable, almost certain future that one must arrive at, right? When one is pondering this, am I am I in the right direction? Well, you're, there, you're, or, you're getting or? a little deep into. It. I think it's simpler than that. Okay, you know, I, I think the first thing you got to be responsible is how does food occur for you, and how does the idea of of losing weight occur for you? Some people get into losing weight and they think, oh, this, I just can't do it, and right. it's torturous, right? Right, and they're doing it because they're supposed to. But to eat less, exercise more, everyone knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows yeah. that. And yet there is a new book out on probably a monthly basis yeah. on a new diet that mm-hmm. somebody could go on. Well, there's books out on leadership every year and nobody knows how to do it either, right? Right. 
So, so there's all this stuff, and what it is, what people are not being responsible for yeah. is how the world is occurring for them. So what they have to do is interrupt their current occurring world, or a better way to say it, shift context with how they view whatever it is they're dealing with. Okay. Because, I mean, who is it? Tony Robbins or Albert Einstein doing the same thing over and over. Gives you the same. And yeah, expecting different results different is definition right. of insanity. Right. And that's really what this is about. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we're going after the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. and we're really determined, and we really think, and we got a lot of wanna, mm-hmm. you gotta want George Carlin, you gotta wanna, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? You know, and if you haven't fundamentally shifted the context and shifted the approach, and engaged with reality, it's not gonna work out well. So what's the what's the idea? So so ta- tell me about acceptance. And transformation. Where does acceptance come in? Like you're, you're, you get out of the shower, mm-hmm. you get in front of the mirror, mm-hmm. and you look at yourself, and you go, "Whoa!" My my favorite quote relates to transformation. Yeah, is transformation begins with a powerful relationship to what's so. So right. you have to accept the documentations of existing conditions. That's right. Like you can't when you go on a construction project, you can't build anything unless you know what you're building on. That's right. We can't begin until we accept fully what is. We don't have to like it. Right. Right? We don't, I, I, I think I told you the motorcycle trip where we ended up in Kansas mm-hmm. and we were only about 150 miles away from where we thought we were, you know, by the time we got internet and, and you know, the cell signal and the whole thing, we had no maps. We thought, you know, I was leading. I thought I knew us because I'm a guy. Thought, uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, we're, we're in Kansas, dude. We're a state away from where we want to be. <laughs> <laughs> we, find, we finally find out where we are. I did that once. Yeah. But I can't talk about it on the radio. Yeah. We find, <laughs> we find out where we are. The other guys that are with me look at me like. Dude, you're leading us. You are the yeah. biggest dope in the world. Right. Then we started laughing and we realized all we had to do is go south, right? right? And we'd be fine. And once we understood we were, and we didn't argue about, well, they made fun of me a little bit, but we didn't argue about where we were. Right. We didn't argue with were we in Kansas or not. We argued with, we didn't even argue. We just said, this is what we got to do to correct it. Right. Right. So you have to accept. And inside acceptance, I think one of the hardest things, Inside acceptance, accepting the what's so condition, especially in these these critical ideological existential questions. Yes. Has to, it begins with forgiveness. Forgiveness of oneself and forgiveness of others around you. Is is what about resistance relative to this conversation? Because that's also in the book. This whole idea that what we resist persists, right? So Well, that's so the, that's the if, not accepting if, if we're getting, from that context. Yeah. So for right? getting out of the shower and going to the mirror mm-hmm. and we're, you know, Looking at, at ourselves, going, oh boy, I've got. I'm some, a fat slob. I'm a, yeah, I've got some right? problems to deal with here. Yeah. So, so what? And we get a, we buy a bigger shirt. And we do the whole thing, and we print, we suck in our gut, and we do all this other stuff, and we pretend, yeah. as opposed to, okay, this is where I'm at, right? As a, and that's where I want to go, right? And then I, I like to, you know, I mean, I'm putting obviously my own stuff in sure. here too, of no, course, absolutely. which is that. Uh, which is that the black shirt's very slim and, and it's in thank you and it's in the book <laughs> yeah. and it's in their book which is that um the next step after acceptance mm-hmm. is well what's if i keep going like this how how are things going to go well that's if, yeah. if i keep if i keep eating you know a ham sandwich at 10 o'clock yeah. at night now what's you know what's the probable almost certain future not to go wordsmithy on you well, but, yeah yeah that gets into the thing we're talking about. So you got all these inputs, these is's, yes. right? We put it into our mechanism, into our process. Yes. And we know what the outcome's going to be. Right. So we know what it's going to be. Right. If I'm 40 pounds overweight. Yeah. And I keep doing what I'm doing. Right. And I don't change anything. Yeah. What's going to end up happening? I'm going to get diabetes. Right. I'm going to get heart disease. I'm going to get this. Oh. I'm going to get that. All kinds you of know? bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so the basic idea is, is that acceptance is the prerequisite for really everything, for everything else. Everything you do. Nothing else is going to happen in an operative level, meaning at yeah. a functional level, yeah. until we have this documentation of existing conditions that we have. Like, here's how, here's how things, this, this looks as best as I can tell how things are. Yeah. Not necessarily as an occurrence, but as a fact. You get on a scale, yeah. you weigh 240 pounds, that's a fact. It's yeah. not like an impression. Well, listen, you know, in 240, you can measure it, right? 240 for some people is a huge win. Right. No, I get it. You know, 240 but, for me, I'm about 252 right now. Um, you don't look 252, actually. No, oh, dude, like a year ago, <laughs> I was 305. Wow. You know? So my goal is two, 235. Right. You know? but And I'm heading there. But, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it's I had to accept. It took me It took me like 20 years to accept those 300 pounds. Oh, yes. No, you know, I would lie, lie about it, the whole thing. You know? Yeah, that's the one of the things I think that really gets us into a state of acceptance is the sobriety that comes from yeah. a self-realization that one has spent more than a number of years <laughs> at a, operating at a certain level. Yeah. And, you know, you and I have gone through this with my own self, sure. right? Yeah. And uh, Well, you said this, something really cool about, really interesting about, what was it about how I communicate the objective to you? Or remember what it was? It was in the break. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. There you go. I'm going brain dead again. That's awesome. I love, <laughs> well, it's all you guys is like, well, that's my default setting. Yeah. My default setting is thinking, right? Yeah. I yeah. feel bad. I take a think. I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm go. a thinkaholic. I take a think. That's awesome. Yeah. But that, that's really what it is. It's it, We have to be with and accept mm -hmm. each of our realities. That's the only way that we can. Right. And it's subjective. Right. My reality is different than yours. Absolutely. And then for me to get find out what's going on with you, I got to right. get curious on what your reality is. And, and I think the important thing also, Mike, is to understand that we all share the same pathological dispositions. We're all human beings. Oh, yeah. So ultimately, if we can get very real mm -hmm. about the fact that I, we, you, you're from Berwyn, I'm from the Northwest side. Yeah. You have these incredible experiences that we really can't talk about on the radio. <laughs> and I also have my own share of that. But yeah. the thing is, is that, yeah. is that, that the sum total of our, the, the, mm -hmm. of our experiences, yeah. you know, together, uh, are irrelevant in a certain sense mm -hmm. because we can come to an understanding of how we created narratives around all these things that happened to us. Yeah. And then that narrative becomes that default. This is my, yeah. this is my own take on the whole default setting, yeah. which is the self narrative. Oh, I'm, I'm Italian. Mm -hmm. I got an Italian background, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it makes you a certain way. Uh, it makes me right. It makes me a certain way. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the crazy thing is that there are cultural attributes, you know, you're, Absolutely. you got an Irish background, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you, you, That's why you I got said, a lot of powered by tequila, you know, <laughs> you it's got, actually not, it's actually water, you, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, my dad, uh, who's 88, you know, yeah. he said, you know, lately he's been getting, you know, indigestion from drinking wine. He's yeah. like, this is terrible. It's like, it was a terrible thing because he, he really enjoys drinking red wine. Yeah, yeah. And even more so, he likes drinking a glass of red wine before he eats as well yeah. as with, with yeah. wine. And he was talking to me about how depressing it was. He never had a drinking problem his whole life. No. This no. is just a guy who likes to have yeah. a glass of wine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's characteristic to say, oh, like the Italian guy, and, yeah. you know, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, so, there's yeah. All kinds, there's all kinds of stuff so, I used to like to eat that I can't eat anymore. I think so for me, summarizing this is that when we can understand 
that we're all carrying around a narrative. Yeah. Right. And and be responsible for that narrative. Exactly. And, and be able to let it go. And stop pretending that we don't have it. Exactly. <laughs> or that or that my narrative is your fault. Right. You're to blame for my narrative. Or your narrative's the best narrative. Which is the victim thing. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our weekly radio show, which airs Saturdays at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM, Evanston, Chicago. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where leadership, lifelong learning, and critical thinking are leveraged in the service of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. The latest episodes of that podcast, and this one too, are available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and on our website, intothegapmedia.com. If you'd like to get in touch with questions, comments, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, please email me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. Let's go back to the show now. Here's my partner, Mike Sherrick. All right, we're back. This is Mike and Bob, and we're Into the Gap, and this is our last segment here. Please feel free to call in 877-711-5611. And we're talking about... John and Cape Coral. John and Cape Coral. Let's uh, pick them up. John. John, are you there? Gentlemen, good afternoon. Yes, I'm here. How are you? Uh, welcome, man. How'd, how'd you get a hold of us in Cape Coral, Florida? That's fantastic. It's the miracle of the internet. <laughs> um, you know... You guys. That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, John. Yeah, a, a couple... Hi, Bob. Uh, a couple of observations. Love the music on your show. It brought a tear to my eye when you just snuck in a little Where Eagles Dare uh, in that last <laughs> segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Awesome. Uh, you gentlemen were talking about D-Day and logistics and production. Yes. It's amazing. Amazing. The, the one thing that, not to go too historical on you guys, but nine days later, the U.S. invaded the island of Saipan. Only nine days after D-Day, okay. June 15th, with 535 ships and over 127,000 Marines and Army guys. Wow. So while what's going on in Europe, I mean, that's when you talk about logistics and production. It's yeah. amazing. No, it was really amazing. I mean, when you, uh, look at it, when you look at how it all had to come together and these guys worked together in alliance, it was really remarkable. And, you know, I mean, I don't Absolutely. Th- I mean, guys like Eisenhower and guys like Winston Churchill and some of these guys are just remarkable. I mean, these guys are geniuses. You know, and uh, well, it's leadership, right? Which it's is all the leadership focus of your show. Exactly, that's exactly yeah, what it is. L- let me ask you, John how how is the show occurring? Given that you've been listening, and thank you so much for listening and for being a part of the show like this. Oh, how does it? How does this conversation occur to you? Is this is this a common conversation, or is this? I mean, I'm kind of asking a basic question, kind of, but I mean, obviously, it's not a common conversation. But if you could give us so, some in, input onto the show, what what do you? How does it occur for you, speaking of occurrence? No, I think it's, it's a conversation that's being had in certain circles. Okay. Um, and I think it needs to be a conversation. It needs to be expanded. Uh, but, you know, as you guys have said from time to time, there's a certain hesitancy to to expand that uh, uh, group because of just the, the dynamic in which we live in today. Right. Yeah, we have an addiction to comfort. and We don't want to upset anybody. I mean, that's kind of what's going right, on. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Why be confrontational when you're comfortable? Exactly. And con- I don't mean confrontation in a bad way, but in, no. a, in a lively art of conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I'm, that's actually what, that, that's what's driving the whole thing. That's how Bob and I got started with this thing. It's just the, the uh, got present to, really got present to the addiction to comfort and convenience. 
You know? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to leave you, at, uh, but I, one, I'd love to hear you guys discuss the following, which is something that bugged me for sure. a little bit is, is have you guys been confronted with the phrase, well, it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and of that's, course. that's the justification. Yep. Yes. That, to me, that is maddening. And, and uh, I don't know, I'm confronted with that regularly. Yeah. And I'd no, be that's love fantastic. to hear you guys take on that. That's perfect. May I? Yeah. Okay. So where this lands for me, John, is this whole idea of operating from values and principles versus standards and ideals. When people start with catchphrases yeah. and they say it's the right thing to do, or you know, we'll, we'll, we're not going to get there in our generation, but someday we're going to get there. So we're going to deploy or employ these things to get us there. Uh, that occurs for me as being on the uh, standards and ideal side, and that the, it's it that in other words, there's a it's a it's a complex thing actually. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. no, it's also it's also in this place of. Um, because I see it a certain way and I think this is the right way to do it. It's, you know, I'm right. Right. There's a righteousness to it too. Yeah. As opposed to really an inquiry. Right. And and there's an absence of curiosity to actually examine what really needs to be done. Which is the other part of the show, which is that we came up with this idea of into the gap because in the, in the, in the, in the London subway, there's space between the uh, platform and the train. Right. And, uh, and so. The, the gap is the space of inquiry between standing still and, you know, running around. So the show is basically designed for exactly what we're doing right now, which is we're in this inquiry into, yeah, here's a phrase that gets floated around out there in the, in, in our society called, you know, doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. And what exactly does that mean? It's used as a weapon, really. All the time. It's the weaponization of doing the right it, thing. It was kind of like what we were talking about last week, the weaponization of integrity. John, thanks so much for calling, man. Hey, you want a book? Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Hey, John? Yeah, sure. I love one. Okay, yeah. great. Good. We'll get you a book out to you. Listen, thanks a million for calling. Thanks, great guys. to talk. Do we know how to get it to Enjoy him? Enjoy the show. Yeah. I'll get okay. It. All right, cool. All thanks, right. man. Bye. Thanks, John. Fantastic. So, so okay. Yeah. So Custer Street Fair. Yeah. We're going to be there next week. Yeah, the Cluster Street Fair? We're, we're going to be, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to be, be the cluster at the Custer Street if, Fair. If yeah. we don't get rained out. If we don't get rained out. Is the, does the booth, I, I wonder if the, I don't, I don't know if the booth, I guess the booth has got a cover on it. I'm sure it'll have yeah, a cover. Right. Yeah. So, but it gets rained out a lot. I'm okay. just being I'm looking honest. forward to it that. Happens, yeah. yeah. Which means we'd be doing the show like with a lot, a lot of people in the rain. But yeah. the idea basically there mm-hmm. is we're going to be inviting people to participate with us, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to have like two buckets. I don't know what the yeah. vessels are going to be yet, but one bucket is going to be people who are contributing to the show in a sense that they're helping us out with maybe they're giving us some input, mm-hmm. some, you know. Uh, how's the show occurring for them? Mm-hmm. How can we maximize yeah. the value to them for yeah. the show? Right. Yeah. And then uh, the, and then the other bucket mm-hmm. is going to be people dropping off their business cards sure. and we're going to do a drawing out of those, uh, out of that bucket mm-hmm. before the end of the show, like in the fourth segment. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be giving away books and we're also going to give people an opportunity to get some airtime to talk about their business. Sure. Uh, maybe their business is a small business mm-hmm. and they don't, they, they can't afford to sponsor the show, right. but they want to be a supporter of the show and maybe they're looking to get heard. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're kind of doing this as like, it's a public service to, yeah. you know, we're trying to build gesture. a community. Right. You know, exactly. And that's really what it's about. And so, yes. Yeah. So we're going to be at the Custard Seed Fair next week. So if you guys are at it or in the neighborhood, yep. come on out and meet us and right. say, Hey, and yep. And, and if there's any time for eight, seven, 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 one, one, five, six, one, one, we're, we're really looking for uh, 
we're looking to have people uh, really engage with the show sure. at a deeper level. Yeah. Uh, we're obviously looking for sponsors for the show. Yeah. Okay. Always. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Um, next week. Uh, we're, we're actually be- looking for partners for the show is what we're looking for. People yeah. that, that can actually actually see themselves aligned with what we're up to and want to be part of it. Uh, we have another call? No? Oh. Oh, I get closer to the mic. <laughs> Andy so, in the control room is trying to coach me here, and so, I'm like too ignorant to understand what the hell's going on. Yeah. So look, yeah. Let, let's let's also talk about the second law of performance next week, That's, right? Because we're going to do the second law, right? What we're going to do in, next week is really get into the second law of performance, which is really about the engagement of it and and how it occurs, how a situation occurs arises in language, in language, and so that right. means. That means for it to happen, we actually be, have to be in a conversation. We've got to right. engage with one another. We actually right. have to interact right. to be able to shift yes. anything. So that's what it's about. Right. But, and, uh, and we we create in language. Mm-hmm. We create in language. And language just is, isn't just spoken. There's right. all we, we communicate a lot of different ways. It's the way we communicate. We can mm-hmm. communicate non-verbally. We communicate with the way we dress. We communicate in everything. So we want to yep. be responsible for that right. and actually present and aware of it. Right, and our communication represents an it's not maybe not represents, but it's an ontology, meaning it who we're being. Yeah, if we're being a certain way, yeah, it doesn't matter what our words are necessarily. No, no. because our being is is kind of radiant, and well, we can't escape that. And that gets back to the conversation on integrity, where our thoughts, our words, and our actions are all in alignment. Yep, and that's how you build trust and develop a relationship with people. Such, but right. that's for next week. This is awesome. our music. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. You guys are a gift. It's our joy to be with you. Absolutely. Please allow us to thank you for listening to this show, as we are only too aware that your support makes it possible. 